The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. are now in the underdog sports fantasy hour i am josh dunn i am joined as always by anshu kana anshu we're recording here on wednesday ahead of thursday night football we're back on our regular schedule how you feeling my friend doing pretty well we are into fantasy playoff season and um, for those of you that are still alive in one or more leagues congrats and if not hopefully you're still you're still listening so you're, you're interested in dfs or maybe gambling that's We'll be looking at the lines, right? And so we'll, there's still other stuff to talk about. And, you know, it's getting to be playoff time in the NFL, too. So a lot to go over. Absolutely, there is. It's an exciting time. I know you and I have enjoyed a little bit of success to this point, And I think you'll start to hear more and more disappointment in my voice as these next few shows come <laughs> out as I trickle out of my respective leagues. But nonetheless, this is the most fun part of fantasy is when you're when you are in the dance. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you know, it, uh, it, it becomes win or go home, uh, so to speak. Yeah. So, uh, you, Anji mentioned the lines. We'll be looking at BovadaSportsBook.com for the betting lines as always. We're going to walk through all the games. It might be a little bit more rapid fire this week. Uh, we'll touch on the fantasy storylines we think are important and uh, give our thoughts on all the games. So, without further ado, Anji, we do have a Thursday night game again this week. Uh, the new <laughs> COVID permitting. Uh, New England Patriots will be in L.A. taking on the Rams. And I, I know you and I were very wrong about the Patriots and more more so really the Chargers last week. I think we've been wrong about them a few times. I've been uh, very wrong about them a few times, and I'm willing to give up hope in the Chargers this year. But the Patriots are kind of back in the thick of things, aren't you, after that big shutout win and making Herbert you know, look bad and really shutting down all of the, the weapons. You always hear about the Patriots shutting down the key, the key weapon. They really did it to all of them. But what do you think of the Rams? They're five-point favorites here at home. 45 is the number here on Bovada. Uh, how do you see this one shaking out? Yeah, I, I uh, we did go over the Rams-Cardinals, though. We got that one nailed down, so that's good. But uh, it's it's interesting. Two of, you know, now that we look back, maybe two of the best defenses in the league, the Patriots really – rounding in the form i mean aside from that texans game on the road like they they held obviously they they hold the ravens to 17 the cardinals to 17 and the chargers to zero they sandwiched that around that 27 that they gave up to the texans but houston's defense played well in that game and helped put a bunch of points on the board i mean i I, it's so hard to watch the patriots because like they're they're in the mold of like early Tom Brady Patriots, I feel like, you know, which I don't know, <laughs> neither of us are that old. So it's hard to remember that. But, you know, they were, you know, they were basically defense and special teams oriented. And that's kind of what this team has turned into. Although from like a fantasy perspective, the running backs really aren't doing much. So, you know, I start Cam Newton in our two quarterback league. Luckily, I'm not uh, playing this week, but I, you know, I would not be super excited about the idea of playing him against this Rams defense. And we talked about how good, uh, you know, those guys on defense are for the Rams. Yeah, I, I like the Rams defense this week. Not so much because the Patriots offense is bad, but because they do make mistakes. And, I, you know, both of these mm-hmm. defenses, I think, 
you know, could potentially be good plays. This is the type of game where Jared Goff, you know, his inconsistencies could kind of come to a head here and we could see a defensive uh, ball game. But, you know, I, I was surprised that New England played as well as they did and they did it in all phases last week. So a uh, big game here on Thursday night. Fun one to start out the week. Let's move on to Sunday on you. We've got Dallas at Cincinnati. This is one we definitely don't need to belabor, uh, but it is a revenge game for Andy Dalton. They come in as three and a half point favorites on the road. Who thought we would have said the Dallas Cowboys is road favorites on Bovada? Uh, but an ugly number is 42 and a half is the over under here. I just, this is a game, if I was not a Bengals fan and I wanted to watch it for humor purposes, I would probably shy away from t- watching. But again, Fantasy, there's still fantasy implications. I mean, T. Higgins is questionable. Obviously, he had the hamstring uh, tweak. Uh, but you're still starting most of most of your Cowboys, I would assume. At least Zeke, because you, you kind of have to, and you've been backed right. into that corner. But I don't know. It's it's just these are two teams that had so much so much fantasy relevance early in the season, and, and it's pretty much gone by the wayside for the most part outside of maybe Zeke. Yeah. I it, Although, like, if you did have Zeke and one of our buddies did, uh, you know, that's – Obviously, that that was that goal line stand at the end of the game where he just couldn't punch it in was so embarrassing. Like, and I actually liked like the play. I I think I'm a firm believer where if at the one yard line, if you don't have like an amazing offensive line or fullback, it's a good idea to spread it out and then just run it. You know, because like you give the defense, you get a different personnel set out there, and he still couldn't bang it in three times in a row. Like, so embarrassing. And so yeah, I, I mean. I think you you can yeah you can't really start anyone aside from Zeke. It does seem like Dalton is targeting Cooper a decent amount, but you know you just never know with those guys. And so I, I don't know. This is a total stay away from me, both gambling and uh, and player wise. Yeah, and probably the time you're going to put into watching it, I would assume. <laughs> Red Zone Channel shouldn't Very even show that one. Um, but yeah, from my <laughs> terrible team that I root for to your great team uh, that you're rooting for, aren't you? The Packers are a huge fantasy play this week. I love the matchup for Aaron Rodgers. I love the matchup for Aaron Jones. I love the matchup for Devontae Adams. Fire them all up. Seven and a half point favorites are the Packers on the road in Detroit, but they may get Kenny Galladay back. We may see DeAndre Swift work his way back after uh, dealing with an illness last week and, and obviously coming off of concussion that uh, clearly took a toll on him. 55 is the number. Uh, I, I like the Packers to roll through this. I just don't know if the Detroit can put up points, even against the kind of a suspect at times Packers defense. Yeah, you pretty much nailed it there. I, I think this game could follow a similar script to last week where you've got the Packers putting up big points early and then kind of coasting. And, you know, Detroit's got the horses to to score. And, you know, they've they've done well, especially in the fourth quarter, if you're thinking about backdoor covers or, you know, an over potentially in this game, although that number is pretty high. Um, you know, it is, it is a divisional matchup and it is in Detroit. So you're a little concerned about that, but you know, obviously no fans. And I don't know. I mean, I, I see that line and, um, I, by the way, I saw that home teams are 500 this year. They're I think 45, 45 and one. So home field advantage is basically out the window completely this year. If, if you're telling me the Packers are seven and a half points better than the Lions, I think they're significantly better than that right now. So I know they're a different team with Galladay, the Lions are, but I, yeah, I'm with you. Fire up all those backers, and I, I do think that they're able to cover against Detroit. Yeah, I, I like it as well. All right, let's move on. Texans-Bears. Uh, the Bears, uh, just kind of a train wreck. Obviously, we talked about the Lions. That was just a, an ugly uh, microcosm of the Bears' season. I, 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 they just, you know, they looked okay. They had the lead for most of the game. And I look at the scoreboard, um, you know, as I'm watching some of these other games, I'm like, how the hell did the Bears blow this game? So they come in now against Houston and their their home underdogs against really a mediocre team. I don't know though. Like, 
David Montgomery had his best game of the year fantasy-wise. You know, the Texans' run defense isn't very good. Allen Robinson's a little banged up. I, I like a lot in this game fantasy-wise, but I, I'm interested to see which version of Deshaun Watson shows up. I'm playing him in our main league, and the Bears' defense has been very inconsistent. 45 is a number, which leads me to believe that, you know, maybe the, 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 the lines makers think that uh, the Bears' defense will be a little bit better this game. I just... I don't know. It's a scary matchup for me. It's a stay away. Uh, but uh, I like the Texans to come in and win just because the Bears have been so bad. I agree. I, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. The Texans haven't been great in their one cold weather game they played in, in Houston, or I'm sorry, in Cleveland. But every other game they've played has been pretty, you know, good weather. And it, it's not supposed to be terribly cold here in Chicago, but. It, you know, if you're used to playing in a dome or outside in the warm weather, like it's it's hard to adjust. And I think that that's kind of a problem that we've seen with the Texans. And particularly if you think about the guys, you know, that helped them go. Like, I, I mean, they had that game last week, by the way, Watson fumbles. But, you know, you, you take Fuller out of the equation. You take it. Cobb's going to be out. I mean, I just I do think I think that the Bears are not they're not the better team. I think that the Texans will just score more points. But wouldn't surprise me at all to see the Bears win especially because you know they've actually they're semi still in the hunt somehow and uh and the texans are dead obviously yeah this is just another game that uh, the two teams have just been very frustrating i just it's not Mm -hmm. not one i'm excited to watch but i'm excited to know the outcome i guess if that makes any (laughs) sense well yeah yeah for sure Uh, a lot of fantasy players at stake here that's for sure and uh, in this next game there's quite a few on one side and that's Kansas City uh, they go into Miami as, as road favorites big favorites seven point favorites on Bovada 49 and a half the line one thing I will say about Miami after watching them in a laughing stock of a game last week against the Bengals and it, it, you know Miami pretty much handled it but they didn't handle it from the beginning I mean they did Tua again he, his numbers ended up looking good he put up a lot of yards against the Bengals especially in the second half. But he didn't look good in the first half. He even against the Bengals defense. I mean, uh, Jesse Jesse Bates dropped an interception early in this game. Uh, I didn't think Tua looked particularly good. Now, again, the Bengals aren't. They're not one to make adjustments. And obviously, you know, <laughs> coach the coaching showed that there there was a, an inferior there in, in Zach Taylor, which we expect. But I just I'm still not impressed with Zach Taylor uh, or not Zach Taylor with Tua. And I, I just, I'm not a believer in Miami uh, long term. I'm not. So I think Kansas mm-hmm. City comes in here not just covers, but I think the big players, even though this is a good defense in Miami, I think the big names in here are going to do what you hope they do, they do in a fantasy playoff uh, first round matchup. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, that's exactly what you get these guys for Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill, and you expect Edward Dulaire to be back this week. I mean, they're just they're just so loaded that even if I wanted to say I'd get cute and say like, look. Dolphins kind of remind me of the Raiders a little bit. Uh, you know, they can, they, they've got multiple weapons. They can grind the ball out with Miles and Gaskin the way that the Raiders do with Jacobs. I mean, maybe they can make it interesting. Now, I just, I can't get behind that. And I think that that line is low, especially because, like, if you, I, I think the best comp is probably the Patriots. And remember, the Chiefs earlier this season beat them by 16. So, I, I mean, that that's the Belichick defense. And I, I don't know. I think that. The Chiefs know they've got home field advantage squarely in their crosshairs, especially if the Steelers lose another game, which I, I, I'm interested to see your opinion on here in a minute. But, um, yeah, Chiefs have a lot to play for, and uh, I fully expect them to go nuclear on this defense. Worth noting, Le'Veon Bell gets a full workload. Uh, Edwards Allaire was active for that game but didn't play yeah. a snap. And the, the, the workload that Le'Veon gets and the, the minimal production, I – 
I mean, I held on to him way longer than I should have in hopes that as part of an offense that's this explosive, that he would be successful if given touches. And I don't know, like the dancing around, he's always done. He's always been a patient runner. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is now is not working and he's slow. And he just, in that first game, he had a little bit of pop. I don't see that anymore out of him. And he looked pretty bad largely in this game. I agree that that whole thing where he used to stand back there behind Pittsburgh's line and then hit the gap, like it must've just been a thing that works for them because, and you're right. It, it looked like it worked well in the first week, but this last game, he looked, looked like a plotter to me, a uh, very journeyman-esque. And so, yeah, I think they're going to be eager to bring Edward Dillier back. And I, I made that same hold for a long time in a season too. So you're not alone. I'm sure a lot of people had Bell. He's, he's not widely available. I would wish I would have held Cam Akers as long as I held Bell, oh, man. considering no that, that shift right now. But uh, God, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It happened. It was too long. Yeah. It took too long. That was a long play yeah. I wasn't willing to risk. Um, yeah. All right, let's yeah. move on to Minnesota and Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay coming off the bye, aren't you? This is a huge week for them, huge game for them. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're Minnesota, your identity is built around Dalvin Cook. And we talked about last week how he's been banged up. Uh, Tampa Bay comes in as six and a half point favorites. I'm a little surprised the line is this wide on Bovada. 51 and a half is the number here. I mean, Tampa Bay, to me, to prove that they're a contender in the NFC, this is a must win. I know it's not a must win for them to make the playoffs, but for me, to prove that they're a contender, Minnesota's no pushover. Uh, but they need to shut down Dalvin Cook. They need their run defense to look like it has at times, and they need to show that their defense is still one of the best in the league. And I, it's been extremely inconsistent. Uh, I need to see that Tom Brady's still a serviceable quarterback and can throw a deep ball because we haven't seen that in a while. So those are the, the storylines I'm watching here. I still think the Buccaneers pull it out, but I like the points for Minnesota. I agree. I, I think that the Vikings have the perfect script to keep it close, and I think we've seen some cracks in the armor out of Tampa for sure. They haven't won a game. By the time this game gets played, they haven't won a game in a month. I mean, they won on November 15th against uh, Carolina, which was, feels like forever ago lost to the Rams in that ugly game, lost to the Chiefs in that ugly game, then had their bye, like you said. We don't know. I don't think – do you know what's going on with Chris Godwin? I know he had surgery, but he didn't practice. He had uh, the pins in his in his finger removed, uh, so he right. hasn't practiced the last couple of days, but they're hoping that he will be okay for, for the game. Gotcha. Okay, well, that's, that's a big deal to me. Um, you know, I know that they've got the other two guys and obviously Gronk too, but, I, I mean, I expect Tampa to win. I agree, but, I, like – Minnesota's going to be very sharp, relatively speaking, although they didn't look great against Mike Glennon last week. That game was just weird. There was, like, bouncing touchdowns and fumbles and all kinds of stuff that you don't normally expect. So I think Minnesota keeps it close. Tampa wins. They ha- they, I agree. They have to win if they're going to win, even be close in this NFC. All right, moving on to Tennessee and Jacksonville. You know how much I love the AFC South. Tennessee oh, proved to me why I hate the AFC South <laughs> last week. I mean, I, I just – even oh, like the man. comeback was frustrating because they showed that they could score on the Browns after they let Baker Mayfield just completely tear them up. They're just so bad defensively on third down. Very frustrating mm-hmm. to watch. They, they you know, Derrick Henry didn't look great again. Uh, he fumbled in this game. Uh, Jacksonville should be a pushover, but seven and a half points on Bovada, that's a lot. Even you know for Tennessee against Jacksonville and and Glennon hasn't looked horrible. James Robinson has been great. They're going to run all over the Titans. I I honestly think this game's going to be closer than seven and a half. Even though I think the Titans should win. I I think that Mike Glennon's actually not terrible. Like I mean he is terrible, but he's not playing terrible right now for whatever reason. Like he's I, again I think that that the I think through the last two weeks he has like the most air yards. 
Wow. I think I saw that graphic, um, which – I mean, why not? Just toss the ball. Yeah, they're just throwing deep just... balls. But you would think like Mike Lennon, like he has the most area. But I, I did see that graphic. Now, I don't know if that was during a game or if it was after, but I did see that graphic, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, it is. But, it, like, he's taking the Ryan Fitzpatrick approach. You know, early in his career, Fitzpatrick was more of a game manager. Then he just decided to go full, like, DGAF, you know, and, and like, throw everything to everyone, and it doesn't matter if it gets picked or not. And so, you know, if he takes that approach, I mean, I think that we saw last week with Baker Mayfield, you can you can get stuff done against this Titans defense. This is not last year's Titans defense at all. And, um I, I still, like, I feel like this is a classic Derrick Henry domination game. But, you know, the Jaguars just watched the team or played against the team that wanted to run all over them and couldn't. So it's not going to be a walk in the park for the Titans by any means. And it's a very familiar opponent. So you never know. But, I, you know, the Jags are playing very hard, uh, even though I think that their coach is for sure going to get fired after this year. Yeah, he certainly should. Um, but Yeah. We'll see. All right, Colts Raiders. Uh, Raiders. Uh, I, I mean, the hail mary, ridiculous. Uh, obviously, the Jets so going with the all-out blitz and Greg Williams getting fired after the game, which was just nonsense. I mean, that's he was a scapegoat, maybe, of an, an intentional tank job, or he's just that much of an idiot. And he, you know, I, I know he loves to bring the pressure, but that was just crazy. Uh, so they, <laughs> they obviously come away with a, a win based on the Jets tanking. Uh, the, the Colts, you know. Colts have been good. T.Y. Hilton's getting involved again. I think he's fantasy relevant if you're looking for somebody on the waiver wire this week. But, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you know, outside of that, this game to me is another one that I just don't know what to predict because the Raiders have proven good at times, and they're the underdog at home here. But the Colts, to me, are just they, – they, to me, are frauds. I don't see them as a contender. I don't know, 51-and-a-half. I think, I think this game might, is, is one I would probably go under before I would touch that line. I don't know. What do you think? I agree with the under. I My first hunch was like, this seems like a ridiculous line because the Raiders, like you say, barely beat the Jets, were dominated by the Falcons before that and sucked the week before. So it's like, I'm sorry, they almost beat the Chiefs the week before. But, you know, they just, they've, they've been so inconsistent, but they've been trending down. And so I wanted to say that the Colts, but again, they played the Texans last week. And if Deshaun Watson doesn't fumble that ball inside the, what, the five or 10 yard line, like the Texans win that game. So probably assuming they couldn't score a touchdown. And I mean, I, I don't know. They, I want to say the Colts are going to win this. I, I think I'm going to pick them. I, I'll probably bet a few on them, but I'm ready to be disappointed again. It does seem you bring up T.Y. Hilton. It does seem like Jonathan Taylor off the COVID list was a main focal point for them in both the pass and the run game. And I, I think that they do need to get him going um, to be successful because he's clearly their best offensive weapon. Agreed. All right, let's uh, let's move on to those Jets we were just talking about before that Raiders game, and they're taking on the Seahawks. This is, I believe, the largest point spread of the weekend. It looks like it is. 13.5-point favorites of the Seahawks at home. I mean, that's a big number, uh, 46.5 over under. The Seahawks last week, had th- th- it was a surprising level of bad. And, mm-hmm. I-, I mean, I-, I, don't, I don't know what to make of it, but they, that's a game they shouldn't lose. Obviously, the Giants have been playing better, especially defensively, but Russell Wilson is a far cry from the MVP candidate we all thought he was halfway through the season. Yeah, I completely agree. And if you look at the last, you know, four, three, four games, I mean, they they lose to the Giants. They give up 17 to the Eagles, could have lost that game. Give up 21, should have maybe lost to the Cardinals in that Thursday night game. And then, you know, they do lose to the Rams and the Bills before that. So Seahawks are very much, I I think, uh, 
I don't know about a fraud, but they're not a team that any any one of the real contenders in the NFC is super afraid of at this point. And they just it's almost like Chris Carson gums stuff up for them, which is weird. But um, yeah, I mean, I I don't think that they cover. I think the Jets are scoring too much offensively, and I think this line is kind of insane because I, I like they're they're not that much better than the Jets right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I actually kind of like the Jets' receiving core. Uh, you know, yeah. they're, they're healthy now. Mims, Mims looks pretty decent. Crowder's been great uh, as he's getting healthy. I know he's injury prone, but uh, I, I kind of like what they're putting together. Even Perryman, I mean, that's that's not bad. Uh, I still don't believe in Darnold long term as as a franchise quarterback, but uh, you, you kind of build some rep weapons there. And, and if you do, you know, draft Trevor Lawrence, I you know maybe this can turn around at some point, but you have to, you have to make a change at the head coach position. That's I think that's the oh, obvious yeah. that we all know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. All right, moving through the late afternoon games, uh, we've got Atlanta against our Chargers we were talking about uh, in the onset oh, of the show, and, and this is kind of a, a tale of two franchises that have just underachieved so significantly this year. Uh, you would expect that both quarterbacks should have big games, both you know players in the skill positions on both of these teams should have big games, but... I don't know. I mean, there's just been some inconsistencies there, and, and we didn't see it so much from Herbert until a week ago. And obviously, you know, it's it's Bill Belichick, it's the Patriots, but it's not the same Patriots. It's not like they're the world-beater defense that we saw a year ago that helped win people fantasy championships. It's not. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, this is the Falcons, and it's the worst pass defense in the league. But at the same time, I'm not confident that either of these quarterbacks are, are a guarantee to have a huge week. Uh, but I would be firing up pretty much anybody on either of these offenses. So talking out of both sides of my mouth, I think the over hits at 49 and a half, but aren't you, I'm expecting you to tell me how this game's going to go. I, uh, I, I think that both these teams are, you're right. They're, they're kind of trending in a negative direction. They've obviously both been huge, huge disappointments given how good their offenses have looked at times. I mean, I, I'm with you. Like, I have no idea what the Chargers are. Every time I pick against them, they beat me. Every time I pick them, which has been often, they lose, which is why they're so bad. And I, I don't know. I, I I guess I'd pick the Falcons here. I think that they've played harder. They probably maybe not should have beaten the Saints, but that's a good Saints team. And with Taysom Hill, by the way, playing by far his best as far as throwing the ball. And, Definitely. I mean, and, and the Falcons were right there at the end. So, I kind of feel like they're they're clearly the better team that's trying harder right now, so I would I would pick them. But again, with two teams with nothing to play for from a playoff perspective, it's it's a dangerous game. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, the the person I'm playing, and you know this, is has, has to basically decide between Herbert and Matt Ryan in this matchup. Oh, man. I, don't, I mean, obviously there are better options than you know what I have to do in Jalen Hurts in that in that particular matchup, but I I don't know how I make that decision feeling confident about either of them. Uh, yeah, I think that's almost like you know people talk about how uh, in a head to head thing if you like if if I know you have Ridley or Julio which you don't but like if you you know if I know that you've got one of them maybe I try to play like the mitigation game. Um, yeah. But I, uh, I think that given how bad Herbert was, he scores negative eight in our league last week. I think that I gotta go with Matt Ryan for this game, just for the the higher floor. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, maybe not against your team in that league, but yeah, like I think that I would be so scared of getting if you get a negative point total out of your quarterback, it's basically suicide. So it's I don't know, it's it's a tough one. I, I but. And Herbert really got him there, the guy that you're talking about, right. in a large part. So, but yeah, I, I think that I would I would roll the dice with the guy that's you know the floor is so much higher with Matt Ryan. 
So an outside chance of getting negative points to almost a certainty in the Philadelphia Eagles taking on <laughs> the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously this is a storyline we've been talking about all year. When is Carson Wentz going to get benched? He just looks terrible. He's not mobile in the pocket. He sits in the pocket too long. He makes terrible mistakes. He gets, he takes sacks all the time. He just throws mm-hmm. up the ball when he's under pressure. Like there's so many reasons that they should have benched him. And Doug Peterson's going to get fired for, you know, his loyalty to Carson Wentz. And obviously this, this team paid him a bunch of money not that long ago. So, you know, now we're looking at a situation where you have two primarily mobile quarterbacks and I, I I say quarterbacks in quotations when talking about Taysom Hill but to your point he did throw the ball better last week uh I expect the Saints to roll in this game seven point favorites on the road here on Bovada 44 points is an over under here uh but I will say this and you know take it with a grain of salt because it was such a small sample size but Jalen Hurts changes the dynamic of that offense because of how bad that offensive line is he, he you could see it every t- every single time he dropped back he felt the pressure coming he got. He worked his way out of the pocket, and he he wasn't overly accurate. But he has a really good throw on fourth down that ends up being a touchdown. He runs the ball four or five times for thirty yards. Um, you know, he changes the dynamic for Philadelphia. He doesn't make them a winning football team. They're going to lose, mm-hmm. but he changes the dynamic of that offense, and that kind of excites me as a football fan that that you know doesn't have skin in the game to watch it. I do have skin in the game, but if I didn't, I'd be excited to see how this guy plays out in his first start. I completely agree. I mean, he comes into the Packers game, and this is exactly the theme we talked about a few weeks ago. We texted about it Sunday, but this is the perfect backup that you want. You know, like that he comes into the game, gives them a totally different look. And to your point, that that offensive line has just been, a, you know, they're, they've been a sieve. And I know part of a lot of that is on Carson Wentz, as you astutely pointed out. Like he he took so many sacks. He he waited way too long on way too many passes. He's broken. He's got he's got the yips or something. But Hertz comes in, gives them a lot, not just running the ball, but throwing the ball off the run, kind of like Taysom Hill. And so I think that this matchup is going to be a really interesting kind of parallel of these two guys. And obviously Hertz comes up as an actual quarterback. But I, I don't know. I I, I want to say that I think that the Eagles are going to keep it close. I, I don't – I just – I feel like they've got a little bit of a – different vibe with him and I don't think their defense is that bad and you know the Saints have been winning games with Taysom Hill but they didn't exactly put up like 40 points on the Falcons who as you pointed out also like are just a horrible secondary and a horrible defense in general so the Eagles actually have like a decent defense and I I think that they're going to keep it close and it wouldn't shock me if Jalen Hurts pulls it off. Yeah, I don't know. I it's just there's I I liked what I saw out of him and like I said in a limited sample size, I just yeah. they, they could go a lot of different ways and New Orleans, I mean when you look at them statistically on defense, they're one of the best defenses in the league on both the run and the pass and I they, I think that they've uh allowed the least is it was it passing yards per game? There there was a passing that stat right. that they they might have been passing yards per game that they've allowed the least or or the least the least 300 plus or 280 plus or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And uh that that worries me with a rookie quarterback against a bad offensive line, but it's a very mobile quarterback who recognizes that, you know, that pocket's going to break down early. And, you know, that like Lamar Jackson, that his pocket breaks down and he makes something out of it. I'm not saying Jalen mm-hmm. hurts is that same level of mobility, but he's certainly quite a like light years better than Carson Wentz. And his pocket presence didn't look all that bad to me. All things considered. Now, when it comes to, when it comes to reading a defense, that's a different story. He's, he's, a you know, he's, He's looking at one or two options, whereas, you know, the, the Joe Burrows or, you know, even 
Justin Herberts, these other rookies are, you know, they're, they're three, four read option quarterbacks, whereas mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts isn't there yet. So that's going to take time to develop, but that mobility True. does negate that to an extent. But I, I just, yeah. I, I'm not confident in Philadelphia at, at any level whatsoever. So the seven points, I know it's a lot. I, you know, they're home. I, I, I think they could keep it close. I, I could see them losing this game by two touchdowns as well. So I, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not confident in them either way, but I am excited to see how this game plays out because there is so many, there's so many fantasy fireworks in this game. I mean, Goddard's established himself now as a, as a, a, a tight end one, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I like watching that dynamic. You have Ertz back. Miles Sanders is still an RB one. And then you have all the, all the playmakers on the saints. It's just, this is going to be, even though I hate watching the Eagles, this is going to be a fun game because of those, those pieces that we talked about. So, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a big one for the Saints. You know, they're still trying to fight for that number one seed. So, uh, yeah. We'll they see really need to win this game if they want the one seed because they have Kansas City on deck and they're a game clear of the Packers and Rams. Like, you're right. They definitely need this because I think they lose all tiebreakers with those teams. So, um, yeah, you're you're definitely onto something. I'm, I'm excited, too, to watch them. This is the most interested I've been in the Eagles all year. Ever, really. <laughs> Probably. Uh, all right. The Washington football team, my heroes. Ooh. I am now a WFT fan for the rest of this season, <laughs> rooting for them in a big way just because of them giving me an early Christmas present. Uh, obviously, you know, being facetious here, aren't you? But uh, very serious at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> a bloody, a bloody Alex Smith beating the Steelers in Pittsburgh. You know, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, but they take on the Niners in. Is this? I believe it's. We're still in Arizona for San Francisco, yep. right? So three yep. and a half points is the line here in favor of the 49ers in a quasi home game. Forty three is the over under. I mean, San Francisco's on life support. Washington's kind of in the driver's seat in the division if they can run the table. But this is not going to be an easy contest for them. This is really the a battle of attrition. We've got you know, both of these teams have a pretty strong defense. They're, the quarterback position is is not great for either of them. So, you know, it, it, what's going to give? I like this number being low. I, I could see this going under even at 43, which to me is crazy to even say. But mm-hmm. Nick Mullins looked terrible last week. He's looked terrible most of the season. Alex Smith, you know, is what he is. And Antonio Gibson's pretty banged up, it looks like. So who knows if he'll play. But uh, this is a toss-up for me, aren't you? I saw it. It doesn't sound like <laughs> Gibson's going to play. And if he doesn't, I mean, I I mean, it's first of all, it's amazing because they actually did nothing without Gibson and then or with Gibson, and then he he leaves the game and um, and they mount that comeback against Pittsburgh, which you know is one of the two or three best defenses in the league. And so you know you got to think that they're going to have they'll be able to have more success even than that. So I I don't know, maybe I shouldn't look at the Gibson thing too much. McKissick comes in and catches ten balls. I uh, I I don't know. The, the Niners are so annoying, but. You know, I can't get out of my head that game against the Rams two weeks ago. And so I'm going to go with the Niners maybe one last time this season and uh, and just see what they've got. But, you know, Washington's got a lot of momentum. Washington and the Giants, I'm not saying either of them are going to make any noise whatsoever in the NFC, obviously, in the playoffs. But they've both got, like, they got some juice here with those upsets last week. So at least the NFC East isn't going to have a team that's, like, literally 5-11 and 11 in the playoffs. If the Niners win this game, you know, they're they're still pretty much out of it. But do you try to bring back Garoppolo? Uh, do you try to bring back Kittle if those guys are healthy enough? I mean, I, I guess if for you're sure. in the hunt, you try, right? I think you have to. <laughs> I think you absolutely have. You owe it to your team for, like, fighting back with all these, like, these nobodies, basically, and especially being, um, you know, up, uprooted and having to play in Arizona for home games and whatever else. Like, I think you absolutely owe it to your team. Although, you know, 
yeah, like I know you're not the biggest fan of tanking, but like at that point, this is a golden opportunity for them to add, you know, a top 15 or 10 type guy to a, what will be a contender next year for sure. Does that, I mean, did the coaches factor that in, especially coaches, you know, that were in the Super Bowl a year ago? Like, do, do, do you care if it's five or 10 picks different than what, like, is it matter if it's pick number 12 versus pick number 18 to a team? I, I just, probably. I don't think I don't think so, especially if you're a winning organization, you know, coming off of the year that they did and you have Kyle Shanahan who knows that your team has been ravaged by injuries. And I think the other piece of this that's worth noting, not so much with Kittle but with Garoppolo, do we do we see him as the future of our organization at the quarterback position? Cuz I I can't mm-hmm. imagine that that decision has been made. No, I agree. I mean, I think a lot of that depends on what how and they have to. They owe it to themselves to to evaluate all the quarterbacks that are likely to go in this first round because Again, they're just they're not likely to pick that high again anytime soon, assuming Bosa's healthy and you know Kyle Shanahan's their coach. Like it's just not going to happen. So um, you know, I, I think that they'll look at that, and I, I they have to because Jimmy Garoppolo has not shown you anything to be married to him long term. I don't think. Agreed. All right, let's talk about those Steelers coming off of their loss to the Washington Football Team, taking on Buffalo. It's not an easy way to follow up. Washington, especially after what Buffalo showed against those 49ers. Uh, it's kind of a flip-flop here of these two games but <laughs> from a week ago. But Steelers actually rode underdogs, aren't you? Two and a half points. What yes. a difference a week makes. I think Buffalo's going to win this game. I like it at two and a half. If it was three, I wouldn't like it as much. But I like it at two and a half. I really don't. I think that Pittsburgh showed that there is a recipe to beat them. And I think Buffalo has a similar dynamic. Obviously, I think they're more explosive in the passing game. But that dump down, dump off game that they did with McKissick, kind of that dink and dunk down the down the field against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh in that second half, I think the Bills are capable of doing that same thing. But you couple that with also a better and more explosive passing attack and a better arm in Josh Allen than Alex Smith. I don't know. Buffalo's defense doesn't excite me, but Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's offense doesn't excite me either. I, yeah, I expect Pittsburgh's offense to look a lot better against this Buffalo defense, but I, I'm with you. I think Buffalo... It's finding something, and they're so good at home with or without, you know, fans there. Like, they're just they're just a really good team, and Josh Allen's definitely got something going right now. Again, he's, he's caught fire, and so, I mean, without Bud Dupree, who you repeatedly, and I know how loath you are to give the Steelers any compliments, repeatedly said this guy might be the best, you know, one of the best defensive players in the league. To take him out of the equation, it just changes everything for them defensively, and, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick gets banged up in that game, too. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like the Bills. I think the Bills are a better team in the playoffs than the Steelers. And it's not over yet for the AFC North. It's, you know, not just the one seed that's, you know, up in the air for the Steelers. Like, they're not – nothing's been clinched for them by any means aside from just making the playoffs. So, this is a big stretch for them, and I, I don't think that they're going to be able to meet the challenge here in Buffalo. Yeah, it's a tough matchup to follow up your only loss. I, I mean – We'll see. I think this is a good this is a good way to end out the weekend here on Sunday Night Football. And then obviously we've got another big one in the AFC North in the Baltimore Ravens against the Cleveland Browns. And this is a pivotal matchup in the playoff picture. Obviously the Ravens had a big win against the Cowboys on Tuesday night football. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the Browns coming off the big win against Tennessee. So these are this is huge for both of these teams in positioning. Uh, I think Baltimore wins this game in Cleveland. But Cleveland is, is definitely a better team than I thought they were, even, even leading up to last week. And I did say – that Tennessee-Cleveland game, whichever team won that, and if it was Cleveland, they're starting to prove to be maybe not a contender, but a legit playoff team to me, and they did that. They definitely did that. 
Baker Mayfield is better than I thought he was, but he's still not, you know, he's, he's not never going to be a Patrick Mahomes. He's never going to be a top five or 10 quarterback in the NFL, but he, yeah. he, he is, has the p- potential to, to win you a game or two during a season. And he did that against Tennessee and really kind of embarrassed the Titans defense. So I, I think that the Browns are better than I thought they were. Um, you know, I think this game is going to be a, 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 you know, a slugfest, but I think Baltimore is the better team overall. Lamar Jackson kind of looked like himself a little bit against Dallas, even though he's coming off of COVID, but his wheels, I mean, he almost ran for a hundred yards in that game. I think, as one-point favorites here on Bovada, I've got to go with Baltimore because I think they have more to lose if they were to lose this game than Cleveland does. Yep, completely agree with pretty much everything you said there. I thought Lamar Jackson, the key to me is Lamar Jackson looks like Lamar Jackson. Um, both running, He was basically like, I felt like earlier in the season he was more disappointed with what was going on around him. And with how good they looked against Dallas, he seemed to recapture some of that sort of swag that he had last year that he's just been missing all this year. And so, um, you know, they're just, and JK Dobbins, we've been talking about him for months. He finally, he has the juice and like him and Gus Edwards really looked like they had something going. And um, so, yeah, I, I like Baltimore. I think it's going to be a, a great game. And I thought it was the, on the other side, I thought it was really interesting what Cleveland did to Tennessee because I, I don't give like, I, I, you're right. Baker had a great game, put up a bunch of numbers, hit open receivers all day, but it reminds me so much of what Tennessee looked like last year at this time, you know, like run the ball, run the ball. And then all the stuff is open off the run because it's really hard to stop Kareem Hunt and and Nick Chubb. And so, you know, you easily get caught up in that. And then Baker Mayfield's able to post numbers on you because you've got, you know, eight in the box or you're focusing on stopping those guys. So I think it's a really interesting um, sort of, confluence of styles in this game but also like I, I do think that the Browns are very much for real. I think that they're for real in the sense as you said not necessarily Super Bowl contenders but very much like they could win a game or two in the playoffs which is not something I would have said a week or two ago agreed yeah I, and I don't know this AFC North division is looking like one of the stronger divisions in football right now going into yeah. these playoffs so that's uh you know, obviously, there's one team in that division that uh, would pull it down otherwise, but but the three the three that are looking like they're going to make it could make some noise. I think any of the three, really. Yeah, and we actually get another interesting Monday night game. Wow. Yeah, yeah two out of, what is it, 14. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just surprised we made it through all the games without a bye week in, in less than 45 minutes, aren't you? I wow. mean, I think that's a record for us. Um, you know, not that we don't want to talk about this for for extended periods of time but the goal is to try to condense it a little bit and i feel like we did a pretty darn good job if i do say so yeah, myself a great job on your end i i dragged <laughs> us down like that's even the division you were talking you don't about. drag me down i drag <laughs> me down i love it anything you wanted to add obviously you know i know we we in the past have mixed in dfs i hope we give you enough as we go through and add context to these games and talk about who we like and what um, you know, but this is a big weekend. You, you got to ride with the horses that brought you here. And, uh, you know, I don't know that there's a move on the waiver wire. That's going to be the difference here on you at this point in the season uh, for winning somebody a matchup. I mean, obviously we, you know, I mentioned T.Y. Hilton. There's probably a few mm-hmm. names, Ty Johnson. He's not going to win you a game, but he's a name that p- people probably, you know, wager. I don't know that there's anybody left in these leagues that as I look toward the waiver wire, that's going to, that's going to change a dynamic for me. Do you? I, I think I love the T.Y. Hilton call. I had a claim in for him last week as like a, a Hail Mary. I, Kiki QT, if he's still out there for some of you guys, like he he was awesome last week, obviously. But, you know, coverages are going to be shadowing towards Brandon Cooks because he's so clearly their best receiver. And so 
QT is going to get some open looks. And so I, I think that, you know, if you're desperate, you need a second flex or something like that. He's not a bad call. Um, you mentioned the Jets receivers. I think, you know, Denzel Mims is a guy, assuming he's playing like that, I, I think he's the type that's similar to Robbie Anderson a couple of years ago where, you know, you get a super talented guy catching like a little bit of chemistry with this quarterback who hasn't been playing all year and kind of goes under the radar because he's on a bad team. That's the kind of guy I'm looking for. And then finally, you know, defenses and tight ends count just as much as quarterbacks and, and running backs and receivers. So like tight end is a cesspool looking at guys like Logan Thomas and, and those guys of that elf, Mike Isecki, you know, there are a lot that are going to be hanging out there on the waiver wire. Watch the injuries and, like, if these guys step up and have, like, a full workload, like, they're, you got to be paying attention at tight end and don't just, like, sleepwalk to, to putting, you know, whoever you've been plugging in all season at tight end because you might lose because of it. Yeah, Jared Cook. Jared Cook. Hunter yeah. Henry. There's been a example. few of them. Oh, my God, Hunter Henry. Evan Ingram. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm excited. I, I this is this is the most fun week of uh, the fantasy season. If if you're you know if you're playing in these matchups, if you have a buy, even better. Uh, you know, I know aren't you? We we both have teams in both situations, but I, it's it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And and you know, obviously, if you're a fan of these teams that are looking toward making the playoffs, like the Packers are, and you know, uh, you know, a lot of the good teams in the league, unlike my own, uh, then you're then you're excited for things to come beyond that. So enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will definitely be uh, here coming at you next week as well. I had a week 15. You know, we're getting closer, closer to rounding things out. Uh, anything you wanted to add on to you before we let our listeners get back to their week? That's it. Good luck to everyone in the playoffs. Indeed, good luck. Our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour for Anshu Kana. I'm Josh Dunn. We will see you guys next week.